Hey everyone, it's Matt. And this is Lucas. And this is Thanks for Playing. The podcast where we break down the most iconic video games the world has to offer. Oh! Woo! We got a fun one today. We really do. I'm excited. We've been interviewing a lot of cool devs lately and I'm pretty gassed on it to be honest. Um, we're interviewing today everyone, well someone you may actually know, not for his game he's making, but for a game he's played quite a bit. Uh, what game would that be, Lucas? Super Smash Brothers. Actually, several of them, which I learned on uh, upon interviewing Mr. Shepard Lima, a.k.a. Fiction. Yep. Um, I always thought he just purely played Melee, but, you know, he, he played Brawl, actually, is what he started in. And um, I don't know, just a super, super interesting interview. Shepard was just so head, so much more heady than I realized. Like, the stuff he was saying, man, I, I mean, I, I loved it. I loved it. I loved sitting down and talking to him. Yeah, really awesome interview. Um, recently competed in the Smash Boxing event, Smash Boxing event, excuse me, hosted by Ludwig. <laughs> but um, today we're here to talk to him about his indie game he's working on, Kinetic. Break all limits. Kinetic is a fast, fluid, and exhilarating game where you are jumping, dashing, bouncing all around through a world of freedom. Uh, we did have a chance to play a bit of it before we hopped on in the interview. He was kind of nice, kind of nice, kind enough to let us kind in his playtest. Kind enough to let us into his playtest. Uh, it's a super interesting game. Uh, I'm really excited for it to come out so everyone else can play it as well. This and summer, right? I mean, hopefully. I think this summer in the next couple of months. He gave us some very loose timelines, but you can hear all about that in the interview. But um, yeah, you got anything else for the people, Lucas? Well, uh, man, I mean, I, I like you said, I've been very, very excited about these dev interviews that we've been doing recently. And uh, there's just so much stuff that people can do to interact with us online to maybe connect us with more devs or maybe their friend is developing an indie yeah. game and they want to get them on the podcast. But Matt, where could people reach out to us online? I feel like we never tell them. You know, it's crazy because if people want to find us, they can actually find us on our website, thanksforplaying.live, or they can shoot us an email at thanksforplayingpod at gmail.com. And perhaps most importantly, you can find us at TFP Podcasts. That's at TFP Podcasts with an S at the end. That is the handle to our Twitter, our TikTok, and our Instagram. And I'm not going to lie, folks. Lately, TikTok. these TikTok is where it's at these days. <laughs> yeah. I am. If you just want to see Matt's <laughs> face like 30 times, go to our TikTok and just scroll for a little bit there. I am really, really pushing um, my own personal narrative on our TikTok. <laughs> You're controlling the narrative on TikTok. I'm controlling the narrative on TikTok. But yeah, um, it's fun. Go check it out. It's a good time. But... Most importantly. Oh, and join our Discord. Um, Discord is the best place to get in touch with us. We had a lot of people join recently, which is super cool. Uh, really excited to talk games with everyone. Honestly, that's kind of the main thing we want to do with all this is just talk games with other cool people. So. Should we talk uh, real quick? Should we talk the self? I feel like we haven't even talked about that formally on the podcast. I don't know if we'll have an opportunity to. Yeah. Yeah. Real quick. Um, uh, let me. Let me. Can I get yours. a quick pitch? Yeah. It's yours. All right. All right, so everybody, I don't know if you knew this, but uh, we've talked about it a little bit here on the podcast. Uh, we'll probably be talking about it more and more as the weeks go by, so expect more from us. Uh, Matt was in a movie. Matt was in a yes. movie that I wrote, that producer Sam directed. It's called The Self. It's about a day in the life of a competitive video game tournament, and uh, it's currently on the festival circuit, uh, currently accepted into one festival so far. 
And we are very, very, very excited uh, to talk about it. And I think, you know, as we move forward through this festival, film festival season, you guys are going to hear quite a bit more about it. And um, yeah, the trailer's out. We've posted on our own personal Instagrams. We have the movie poster. I think I put it in the Discord at at a certain point. Um, But the quick pitch here for you, Matt, just for the fans out there. The Self is a story about the day in the life of a competitive video game tournament in a grimy, sweaty house. We find our hero, Matthew Rockavy, locked in heated battle with the voices in his head with a controller in his hand. Yep. The Self is a story about what it means to compete and win, and maybe more importantly, what it means to lose. So join us with The Self, starring Matthew Rockavy, coming to a film festival near you. I love Very that. Exciting. That's so nice. Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, it was awesome to act in it. Shout out to both you and, and producer Sam for giving me the trust to execute on your guys' vision and everything. And really everyone that was involved, you know, was a genuinely a, a pretty intricate production. So it was great. It was great. I hope, I hope we have the opportunity to share it with the audience, but um, enough about us. Enough about us. Without further ado, everyone, fiction. All right, everyone. Today, we got a very fun interview coming up. We are joined by longtime professional Smash Brothers player and also moonlighting as an indie game developer, Fiction. Fiction, how's it going, man? What's up? How's it going? Doing good, doing good. So for those that don't know, Fiction, um, I mean, Fiction, how long have you been competing? Because you still compete here and there, right? How long have you been in the Smash community for now? Um, It's been a while. So it's been off and on for like, technically it's 14 years or something like that i think because I, I, I think i started like a little bit after brawl came out or like that was like when i first like a couple months after brawl came out that was when i was like oh there's like tournaments like i'm so good and i was just like a casual but i was like i can play a tournament and then you know like i don't know it's just time passes and even if you don't play the game for like three years during that and you come back people are like no you've been you've been here for this whole time so yeah it's just yeah. You kind of, you kind of never really leave, huh? Yeah, like I went to my first <laughs> tournament like 14 years ago, and then you know I've been off and on since then, not just playing the whole time. Yeah, and pretty recently you uh, were in a different kind of tournament, Smash Boxing. Oh, yeah, uh, that was crazy. <laughs> I, was, I was checking that out on YouTube yesterday. How, what was that experience like, man? Um, dude, it was crazy. Do you, you mean like the whole thing or just like the actual All right, day I guess of, just or... the, the day of like, you know, being in the ring. Um, it was a lot of pressure, but I think that like <laughs> every day leading up to it, you just kind of like wake up in the morning like, huh, I'm not strong enough. Some guy's going to beat me up in front of like a huge crowd. And so like every day leading up to it is like crazy, crazy, crazy yeah. pressure. And when you get there on the day of it the pressure's not as much as like every previous day when you're like training, like the day of, I was just like, all right, let's just do it. Like, let's go, let's go, let's go. And then you kind of just like, I think being doing all the, com- the competitive smash stuff helped a lot. Cause like, I just yeah. don't even like perceive like crowds or viewers or anything anymore. Like, and th- that used to make me really nervous. And now it just like does nothing. So it was nice to just not like have that affect me during the match. But I don't know. It's it's funny because you just do all this training and then you put your gloves up and they're like, box! And you're like, holy moly, like it's <laughs> actually happening. Like it's like it it feels like wait, wait, one second. Like just just give me ten more seconds to like, you know, yeah. get in the zone. Like it just suddenly happens and then you're going. Yeah, I so can't it was imagine. A crazy, crazy experience. Definitely uh, really thankful for that. How long did you prep for that? 
It was about three months. Three months. I yeah, nice. I got like a I got like a bit of like a an injury. Like I got like some kind of like bruised like rib type of thing. It wasn't too bad, but I got I got hit pretty bad at one point and like had to sort of take like two and a half weeks off in the middle of it. So I don't know. It was just every day that I could, I was just training as hard as I could because it's just you don't have that much time. The sport yeah. is ridiculously hard. Like watching you would never realize how hard it is like just watching in the ring you're like okay of course they're good and then you get yeah. in and you literally throw one punch and you get punched once and you're like <gasps> and, you, and you're <laughs> like wait a minute no they're going like 12 rounds like yeah <laughs> it's i crazy. uh i recently just a couple weeks ago actually i started taking boxing lessons just for fun oh let's go um and <laughs> dude yeah i mean props to you because like even when i'm just with my trainer and like doing like um like practicing combos and rhythm yeah like and stuff. work and stuff and he's like getting in my face i'm like i can't imagine someone actually like like fighting back you know <laughs> like yeah getting punched, in the face. <laughs> getting punched in the face so to be honest to like as long as it's not the hardest punch ever like if somebody just boom obviously that's not like good like obviously you're gonna be pretty disoriented but getting kind of like popped in the face it's really kind of sick like <laughs> it's a rush. It's like yeah, yeah. like we like I don't know, we, we just live our whole lives very like abstractly in the modern world with like computers and stuff like yeah. that. And every and so it's like it just like immerses you. Like you're just like, All right, yeah, you know, I like, you know, having fun in the modern world and then you get hit in the face and like it's real, it's real, they're, they're coming to kill me. Like <laughs> like it's just it's just it's very like immersive and it's a really cool experience and uh, I don't know. I really, I really enjoy like that feeling. Obviously, getting hit really hard sucks, though. Yeah, <laughs> not a, not a good feeling. Yeah, I know what you mean though. It's like you remember that you're alive. You're just like a human with a body that can feel yeah pain and get punched. You feel like the pain. animal pieces of everything. Like yeah, yeah. wait a minute. <laughs> yeah, really cool, man. Hey, I got a I got an easy question for you. Should be an easy one for you. Usually, we like to ask this to any guests we have on the show. Obviously, we're a video game podcast. What is your favorite video game? But can't say Smash, because I know it's, it's oftentimes the default answer for, for us Smashers. Favorite video game? Um, it's got to be, let's see, I really like, probably of all time, if you just have me pick, it's probably like Mega Man X. The game's just too oh, goaded. Yeah. Like, Hell yeah. Like, Hell yeah. you can probably tell when you look at Kinetic, I was it's just like some kid grew up playing Mega Man X and, and loved it. You know, it's definitely like, tr- it's like a it's an attempt at sort of like a spiritual successor to like how that game at least made me feel you know growing up so that's definitely probably like the goat game and like i think that like the rest of that series is also really good i also really like like Donkey kong country 2 and stuff like that i think that's another one of those games mostly a super nintendo guy huh yeah i mean those are the games like when i was growing up that i feel like were like super like formative to me and then like you know, I played a lot of other games that I liked. Like over time, like I really like uh, like Tribes, like that the shooter where you like fly around really fast, and yeah. that definitely has some inspiration for my game as well. And I don't know, but to be honest, like when I was a kid, like I gamed a lot, and then like once I was in like I don't know, like I sort of liked a bunch of like RPGs when I was in like junior high and stuff. I was like, man, being in junior high sucks. Like I just want to like be in this fantasy world and like collect gold and stuff. <laughs> and like, and, but I didn't really like love those games that much. It was kind of just like, like Guild Wars and stuff back in the yeah. day. I would just play to kind of just not live. <laughs> and then like, I don't know. Other than that, like I just wasn't like, I've just never been like a huge gamer gamer. Like I was just, I went through my little RPG area uh, era in like seventh or eighth grade. And then it was like, brawl came out and like 
before like Brawl came out, like I hadn't played any video games for like a while. Like I was in my skateboarding era, like the last year and a half, I had just literally skateboarded like eight hours a day and like never touched a video game. So like, <laughs> and like I just, and now it's sort of transitioned into this thing where like I just play melee like a couple times a week and I go to tournaments and then I play like demos of indie games or like I'll follow an indie game and I'll play it. But it's more of like I want to see like what my peers and like contemporaries are making. I've just, I don't know. Once you play melee at a really high level and the game is like jump over the enemy, you're like, dude, like I know like how to jump over enemies. Like it, it just sort of loses some of the, the luster. <laughs> gotcha. Yeah. Gotcha. Yeah, man. Um, huge Mega Man <laughs> X fan over here. Mega Man one, X one, two, and three got all those. Uh, oh, yeah, two Country. Two, yeah, two. <laughs> uh, my favorite's three personally, but they're all I great. On, they're all great, okay. man. Um, mm-hmm. And like, yeah, no, they all have their reasons for being good. My favorite's probably. Growing up, it was one and four. I, I was obsessed with four. Like yeah. zero, zero from four, definitely the the big inspiration yeah. for kinetic. I was just like, I don't, want, I don't want it to be exactly the same. Like, but oh, I was so sick. I was gonna <laughs> say the um, the Steam page for kinetic, <clears throat> which is the game that we're gonna be mostly talking about during this interview, is uh, inspired by games like Mega Man X Four and Super Smash Brothers Melee. It's like kind of noted mm-hmm. right there on there. So I'm assuming yeah. you wrote that. <laughs> <laughs> Cool, man. Right on. So, uh, Fiction, I'm curious, what is your, you know, development background? Because obviously you're, you're programming this game yourself, writing all the code mm-hmm. yourself. Um, I, I understand it's a two-man team. I believe someone named Alex is working on more of the mm-hmm. visual and His art tag side is with like you. Vet novice. Gotcha. But yeah, it's a two-man team. So, I mean, is this just something you, is this self-taught? Are you... Yeah, so basically, like, I went to college for computer science stuff, but... Like, I feel like, I don't know. So I took like a, like a coding class in like high school, thought it was pretty cool. Like a Java class in like 12th grade or something. That was like the first coding I had done. And then went to college. I was like, oh, coding sounds cool. And I just started sort of like messing around with like 2D graphics libraries and stuff like that. At first I was like, my first year of college, I was like, oh dude, I'm going to get super good at coding and like change the world. Like I'll make medical advancements and technological advancements. And then I was like, man, people are doing that every day and no one cares. Like actually, if you think about it, <laughs> like, like it's like you can, you just spend your whole life making this little technological advancement that took you 30 years. And then like the next day, somebody's like, actually my thing invalidates that because it's just like technology, right? Like it's constantly moving. So that was just, I remember my thought process in, like, year one of college. I was like, no, nah, I think I just, I think I really care about, like, fun and, like, people, like, having a good time more than that. So I sort of transitioned to, like, caring more about game code. And so all through college, I sort of just, like, made little demos on my own and stuff like that of, like, little projects. And then near the end of college, I was just working on some platformer stuff it was interesting it was actually like with like Mewtwo King like we 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 wanted to like make a platformer like way back then and and it sort of just like fell apart because I was you know I was in college and we didn't really know what we were doing at all and he was doing a bunch of other stuff so then I just kind of did indie dev for like a few years after college and then I got like a studio job at Blind Squirrel which is like a studio that does a bunch of like ports and stuff like that down in like uh, Orange County and uh that was like I, I didn't work there for that long. I worked there for like ten months, but I learned a lot of stuff like programming wise, and then I just kind of like left that right back to indie dev, and I've just been kind of doing that since. So I'd nice. say it's like eighty percent self taught, and then like 
20% I learned like on the job at Blind Squirrel. Mostly not on the job, but like just talking to the other programmers there. Lots of little like shortcuts and tricks and tips and stuff like that that I took from that. A lot of it is just experience though. It's just the nice. grind. Nice. That's cool to hear, man. So um, the game is called Kinetic Break All Limits. Uh, mm-hmm. People can Google it. Uh, any audience members listening out there, uh, definitely check it out. It's on Steam. Um, now, how would you sell people on this game? How would you describe this game to somebody who is into gaming, maybe comes from the same era of um, you know Mega Man X era as you? Mm-hmm. I actually got a lot of um, listeners to the pod, core audiences that, that are definitely like live in that era. Um, mm-hmm. What would you say to them to get them to play this game? All right, so if somebody has already sort of played the Mega Man X, I'm just like, it's like kind of like Mega Man X plus Sonic plus Melee plus a bunch of crazy powers, and there's no insta-death. Like, there's no pits and spikes and stuff. You just kind of, like, go fast, and it's it's all about, like, the fun of going fast. I, I, I'll I admit that I could probably have a better, like, one-sentence pitch, but I, I'm working on it. <laughs> <laughs> Great but pitch. I think if, somebody, if somebody's already played Mega Man X, I'm like, no, nah, I've got them. <laughs> they, they have no escape if they've played Mega Man X before. <laughs> I, I know you reference Mega Man a lot. Did, did you play Sonic at all growing up? Because when I was playing it, I actually got... Um, Granted, I only had time to put in maybe 30 minutes or so, but I was actually getting a lot of Sonic vibes just from like, you know, how fast you're moving and kind of um, mm-hmm. like the zone and the sectors and things like that. Yeah, I actually did not play Sonic very much growing up. It okay. was much more like, man, I wish I could go 50 miles an hour in Mega Man X. <laughs> <laughs> it was much more like that. Okay. And then like when Dust, when Dust Force came out in like 2012, I think, and that was when I, I was sort of... Dust Force was an interesting one for me because I feel like it was somebody who had the same experience as me. Like, the, if you know Dust Force was, like, Team Hitbox. They're very inspired by, like, Melee in particular. Mm-hmm. And, like, they just sort of had... A, and it was clearly, like, Mega Man X plus Melee type of vibes. And it just, like, wasn't... It wasn't, like, free enough for me. Like, I had a lot of issues with the game. More issues than I should have to be honest because it's so close into the direction of like what i care about but it was it just felt like everything i wanted in a slightly different direction and sometimes that can irritate you even more so like i just want so like part of it was also being like okay no dust force did a good job but it needs to be like way freer like there needs to be a lot more freedom i didn't like the whole like you got to collect all the dust on the exact path to get the the high score. Like I hate when games are like you got an A or like a B. Like, I'm, like <laughs> no, like I I hated that in school. Why would I want it yeah. now? Like, <laughs> but you can. It's get different an S on rhythm in a video game. game. On rhythm games, you need it. That's the only thing. Where it's like you got to have it on a rhythm game. What? What? Is, sorry. What did you say, Lucas? I said you can get an S in a video game though. So it's it's a little bit cooler in school when That's you get. It. <laughs> yeah. 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 I want uh, people to give themselves the S. Yeah, like, I got gotcha. you. There you go. <laughs> I um I just had a quick uh, for some context here for people who still like you know want to check out the game. So this is from the Steam page. Rather than use a health bar, Kinetic uses a timer that slowly depletes. Getting hit by enemies will take away chunks of your remaining time, but destroy enemies. But when you destroy enemies, it adds to the timer, um, so you can make it to the end of the level. So um, that's awesome. I I love that design principle that you got there. Um, what how did you land on that specific concept for for a video game rather than a health bar going with timing? Mm-hmm. Well, it's kind of interesting because it's it was in development for a long time. It was a health bar. It was a health bar that slowly drained, and that was sort of the idea behind it. Because like a lot about this game is about confidence and like pushing people towards having confidence in themselves, and like um, 
there's a lot of games where you just instant die, and I really didn't want that. But I also don't like when there's, like, a moving platform or something, and then, like, somebody's sitting there, and they're like, I should jump, I should jump. Nope, I'll wait one more cycle. And they wait for, like, one more cycle, and then they're like, nope, nope, one more cycle. I'll wait for it to come back for the perfect jump. And I really don't like that. I, like, I want people to kind of, like, push forward. And so the idea was that your health is just slowly draining, not... On most levels, it was never intended to drain fast enough that, like, you gotta go, you gotta go. It's more like real life, where it's like, hey, if you waste if you waste some time, like, if you look at that health bar, it's kind of slowly dwindling. Like, you don't have... Just, just to show people they don't have infinite time. Just a little bit psychologically right. to, like, push them forward. And then we went... I went with so many different designs for, like, you know, the artist drew up a bunch of different designs. We tried so many different ways to have this sort of, like draining health that kind of like looked good and made sense to the player and it was always sort of confusing and then one day i just realized like wait like i'm setting it up to drain in 60 seconds unless you get hit by these enemies and i set it up as a timer and it just like super like it worked way cleaner than the than the health bar had ever worked with the exact same like actual in-game functionality of how much time you have left and stuff like that so it just like kind of cleaned up that part of development and that was kind of how we ended up on the timer. Nice. Really cool. So going back a little bit, because obviously, as we talked about this game, and obviously you have a big history with uh, Smash Brothers Melee in particular, you made Falco in Melee. Mm-hmm. How much in particular did Falco and their movement options influence <laughs> how you um, approached? I mean, I started playing Falco after the, the game, after the design of the game was done. Really? Like, I, I made Fox until, like, Late That's right, you did. Okay, because I, 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 I double Fox checked like it. November twenty twenty. <laughs> I double checked and I was like, I thought he was a Fox main, and then I was like, oh, he's playing Falco now. Okay, mm-hmm. cool. cool. Fiction. Cool. No, I think you, you might have bodied me like you know round one of like a bracket one time at the <laughs> Super Arcade. Now that I'm thinking about it, it was some Fox. It's it was possible. like my first time there. Yeah, and like no, I, I remember all the, the all the Super Arcade tournaments were like it was like what 13 person like round robin pools a lot of times and so i would just they were blast huge. through those pools yeah and so i don't i don't remember it too well yeah yeah it was <laughs> but, a blur, I don't but i was definitely in there in that was. pool one time um <laughs> so how much it like how much did individual character movement contribute i guess to go off of matt's question you know like any specific inspiration from smash characters at all here um not super in particular i would say that like you could say somewhat that like some of like the attacks relate to like like the aerials relate somewhat to like Marth yeah. type aerials, even though they're like the slashes go in like kind of different directions. But like I don't know, most platforming characters, if they do like a forward air, you kind of need them to just like do a little slash in front of them and stuff. And like there's some there's some other inspirations like the backflip. If you do like a backwards double jump, it's sort of based on like uh, Captain Falcon's back backflip double jump because I, I really thought that animation was cool, and uh, or like the, the artist did like we we talk about stuff, but ultimately like the art is like on his end. But um, other than that, and in terms of like like the wall jump works the same. Like a lot of games have like jump button to wall jump, and this uses like away from the wall to wall jump. So there were some there are some minor choices, and you you can like tech in the game, like you can like miss tech or like tech roll, and so there's some sort of general melee mechanics and stuff in there on like wall teching and stuff. But uh, overall, I think it much more started from like 
um, like it, it, the Mega Man X basis is definitely like where it came from, and it was more of like my preferences in games because of melee rather than like ripping directly from melee mechanics. Um, yeah, like I feel like, <clears throat> like I I just remember going back to Mega Man X after like a bunch of years of competitive melee and playing it and being like, it's just not the same after I've like you've been playing against like Mango, <laughs> you know, like it's just. <laughs> just doesn't hit the save and so i really wanted something that kind of like was the same experience i got as a kid for the level i'm at now at with it while at the same time kind of giving other people that feeling without them having to play 10 years of competitive melee you know <laughs> yeah yeah great inspiration there um one thing i wanted to ask about too you know just looking at the game i think anybody that watches the trailer hears like the rock and soundtrack it's obviously the art style is really flashy really cool it's a fast game um, it looks like a great game for just spectators. Like it kind of feels like, you know, like my older brother used to play Mega Man X. I used to just watch him play like as the little brother and it was always so fun. Right. Cause it's That's like it, such a yeah. nice looking game. And I think there's so many games from that era that kind of have that vibe. Um, were you designing this game for either spectators, speedrunners in mind to kind of like have that sort of spectation view for like something like Twitch or streaming, or are you just going out there trying to just make a, the best game that you can make? Yeah, I think. There was always something in, like, the back of my mind where, at least, especially, like, a few years back, kind of, like, starting up the project and stuff, there was, like, a thought process of, like, well, the game has, like, a lot of, like, the game just in general has a ton of nuances to it. There's a lot of little ways to go quicker and look cooler, and I really thought it'd be cool, like, if somebody was watching a Twitch stream you can watch somebody just go insane, like, in this game. Like, once somebody has all the powers and they're actually good at the game, it just looks kind of ridiculous. And so I was thinking, you know, maybe somebody does, like, games games done quick or somebody's Twitch streaming, and I was hoping that it would be, like, good, you know, towards that end. And that's something I thought about, but there's nothing really, like, in the game that was particularly, like, designed for, for that. Gotcha. Gotcha. But it's always, it's always kind of, cause those are the things that I assume that you like, you watch and things like that, especially a little bit of an old school gamer like yourself. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think, um, it is, it is definitely nice to, to just like watch. Like I, I personally, it's really easy for me to kind of just get stuck watching things that are kind of like, like a someone speed running like a short level where they just like miss one jump and they restart and they do something and they restart <laughs> and you can kind of just keep watching them do it for like hours and i definitely have like sort of tried to like lean into that sort of direction with it at least a little bit there's no like twitch integration or anything that i've really thought about too too hard though right on so you're an indie dev it's just mm -hmm. you and alex or i don't mm -hmm. know i forget their tag excuse me but Obviously, between the two of you, um, you don't really have too many other outside resources to pull from. So I'm curious, just in general, what's the biggest challenge for you as an indie dev? Biggest challenge? Um, like personally or... Hmm. Whatever direction I mean, you want to take that. I think I have a little bit of trouble with like marketing stuff. Like I think I'm, okay. I'm much more... I, I like... And I, I feel like as the game is starting to like get to the point where it's released and stuff, I'm just going to have to like transition a bit. I'm going to have to like learn marketing better and like 
posting just posting like every day to go play my game or like three times a day like i'm just like dude i'm being so annoying like i get really <laughs> self-conscious but that's actually just the marketer mindset is just like oh you're brushing your teeth hey play my game like oh you <laughs> play my game you know and so like i definitely think that's like a personal weakness of mine and it, it's been it's a bit of a weakness in terms of like melee and stuff too like i just i don't really try to do things to like get gain popularity or like really try to get a ton of people looking at the stuff i'm kind of like eh, people who care will like look at it and so like i definitely think that's like a weakness in terms of like selling the game and stuff like that is like the marketing end but in terms of the biggest struggle i think that like the hardest part about being an indie dev is you're like well i put my heart into this so like what's a little more heart and then you end up with like four times a human heart and you're one developer like in the game and you're like it's so it ends up just being kind of like soul sucking because you put so much of yourself into it and there's so much like an insane impossible amount of work to make like all the things you want but it's also really hard to like cut your dream short and so it's just this vortex of like my whole life is passing by i need to finish the game but also like i already put all this it's it's like sunk cost, but not in like the set, not in like the the normal sense. It's just that you're like, man, if it's if I'm already trying to express myself, I want it to like really, really express myself, and that can be the difference between like a two, three year game project and like a seven year game project. Unfortunately, <laughs> have you considered at all for the marketing piece, looking at any like publishers or anything like nah, that? I. I think that, like, there's a lot of... So, first of all, there are good, like, publishers and stuff like that out there. Uh, and I think that it's something that you could do. But I think it's it's essentially, like, a crutch. Because all they're going to be doing is going out there doing the same thing that I should know how to do, you know? And it's like, I have plenty of... It's not like I'm lit... Like, not, like, an ego thing, but it's not like I'm, like, a nobody on the internet. Like, it's not like I have, like, ten followers and I don't know anybody with any followers and I just... And I'm like, I made this beautiful game but I have literally no way to talk to anyone about it. Like, I have a decent following. I know people who have way bigger followings than me. Like, if I get good at marketing, I should be able to get the word out. I don't think I really need a publisher and I don't really want to worry about the whole, like, there's been a lot of shady publishers and, like, indie dev recently. Yeah, and yeah. so, like, you're like, oh, no, that's fine. I'll just go to one of the top three most reputable. And it's like, dude, not everybody's going to get in the top three most reputable. And, like, you're going to spend a ton of time, like, applying and trying to convince them to do stuff. And then it's just, like, too much for me. It's like, uh, I've already got, like, almost the whole thing done. have a decent following. Might as well just get good at marketing and, like, not use it as a crutch. Not use the publisher as a crutch, I mean. Gotcha. When's uh when, when's the release date looking like for this game, if you don't mind us asking? So it kind of keeps getting pushed back for, like, the last, like, half decade. <laughs> <laughs> and there's just been a lot of stuff getting in the way. But with this most recent playtest, like, I have... As of like the last, like as of like maybe three weeks ago, I, I said that I finished the final feature of the game, which was like, it, it essentially allows you, like if you play adventure mode right now, and if like somebody else is playing adventure mode, like you'll see people also playing. So like if you're in level one and there's somebody else somewhere in the world playing level one, you'll see them doing their runs too. And you can't, and, but, and you That's can actually awesome. ask people, you can ask people to like race and stuff too. So if you're grinding a map, you see other people playing it, you can be like, hey, do you want to race me? And then you can race them on the map. And like, when I thought of that feature, I was like, well, of course that feature has to be in. And then that's like another like month and a half delay on the project and stuff. That's that but, idea that you're talking about. It's just, it keeps Yeah, exactly. Bigger bigger. But after that feature, 
I can tell. I'm like, no, it's it's enough. It's done after all this time. Like I have every feature that I really want. Um, there's like a lot of things that can still be added. Like there's like online modes and stuff that you can add in, but all the basic features of the game that I really care about are in. And I've gotten like a lot of good play testing over the last couple months. And so like there's a lot less bugs than there used to be and stuff like that. So I am hardcore trying to get early access out in like a month. More realistically, nice. maybe like two months. Like, and the thing is, it's just not gonna be like complete. Like, there's gonna be certain enemies that look a little wonky and stuff like that, or maybe they don't have all their frames. But it's like, if all the behavior's there, and like, so, and like, the other thing is, there's a story to the game, but the story has like a bunch of scenes that we would need time to put in. And so I'm kind of like, I'm at a point where I'm like, but the game can already be so playable. It already has online modes, and there's already a ton of maps for people to play, and a level editor, and you can upload your own maps and all this crazy stuff i might as well just like release it as like an early access title and early access means it's still in beta so it's not going to be like fully fully done and then just like do like the little visual touch-ups and get the story in and stuff after it's already pretty pretty out like because otherwise i'm just going to keep tinkering it and it'll be like the end of the year and it's just been enough years already i would rather just early (laughs) access it and see what people think Totally. Yeah, man. I mean, definitely let us know, you know, um, let the let the people know when it's coming out. I think we'll uh, let our audience know something to look forward to. Um, obviously, played a little bit here on this pod and um, enjoyed enjoyed the little bit that we played. So yeah, sick. hopefully if I do everything right, it'll be like in a month, I announce that it's early accessing in a month. Like that's <laughs> hopefully where where it'll where it'll go. I was right I was I was aiming for like the beginning of June. But then I did this whole expedition into this other mode that I was adding, and that was like a month and a half. So about a month and a half behind on the beginning of June thing. So we'll see where it goes from there. But this summer, for sure, it'll be out in early access, guaranteed. Uh, it's already pretty close to that point. What so. about uh, platforms for you? Is it just Steam for now, or are you looking to get it yeah, on Yeah, it's just uh, Steam Switch for now. Something? Okay, gotcha. Uh, I'm, I'm just one one person. So Yeah. <laughs> Any plans I did to take do, it to... I, well, I did do Switch development when I was, I was at Blind Squirrel. So I have like some experience using like the Switch SDK and stuff like that. It would probably not be too, too long to transfer the game. I would say maybe like three months of porting time or something. But when you're like a really small team, a lot of times, and because I'm not using like an engine that makes it like, oh, you just press this button and it puts it on this platform or whatever. Like, it's more of like, I want to get it out on PC. If people like it and I get like hundreds of requests to put it on Switch or something and it feels like a worthwhile investment that I would spend, either spend my time doing it or just like pay somebody to do it. Yeah. And so like other platforms would be great and stuff like that. But right now it's just hard enough to get it out just on Steam for PC. So that's what I'm going to be focusing on. Gotcha. Gotcha. Love it. So... Like you said, it's been a big project since I think 2015. When this finally releases, whether that is you know early access or the full release, whenever that does happen, you know what what's your your biggest hope with this game? Are you hoping it kind of helps catapult you into other projects? Helps kind of catapult you into the indie ga- indie dev game limelight? What are you looking for? Um, hmm. It's not really about the limelight for me. <laughs> That's never really been a thing for me. I I don't think the limelight necessarily like makes you happy. I think it would be nice to make I think I think the ideal world is that it just makes enough money and is like enough popular that like 
it was worth the time investment in terms of like not it's even in terms of like quality like okay so there's there's multiple angles i can look at it from from like the money end it would just be great to be like yes i'm an indie game developer i developed a product and now i sell it and my job is you know done like the money comes in from the fact that i made this product that would be great if that can you know my job can be like oh i get paid for this game that i spent like seven years on or whatever or eight years on so like that would be great money wise i think otherwise um it's not too big of a deal to me like i think that like the people who are gonna love it it's unavoidable that it's gonna hit them because it's just like i love it i know the type of there's some people already there's like three or four people who like they just play it and they're just like oh this is my game like i'm just gonna spend a billion hours on it you know and like those are the people that the game is really for anyway I think it'd be also cool if, like, the game could reach certain other people who are kind of, like, on the border. There's a lot of people who are, like, kind of scared of fast games or scared of platformers or, like, they just never had this feeling of, like, power in these games that you can get. And, like, a lot of times people kind of gatekeep or even the games themselves sort of gatekeep being really punishing and stuff like that. And I think it'd just be cool for, like, somebody... Like, the game is, like, break all limits. Like, the point is to sort of, like, oh, your self-perception was that you were bad at these games, and then, like, suddenly, after you're done playing this game, you realize that you're actually pretty sick, you know? That's, like, what I would hope to give to people who play it, like, outside of everything else. Dang. Profound. I love that. I love it. (laughs) Yeah. It kind of reminds me a little bit, um, I don't know if you've played Celeste or you're a Celeste fan or anything, but... I did. I played played some of Celeste. I, I do like it a lot. Yeah, it's a tough game, challenging, but one of the big themes in the story of the game is is overcoming, you know, and uh, it sounds like from the very root of what you're talking about with this game, it's kind of been, it, there's clearly like a theme or a motivation that you have for players that will, will pick this one up, man, so. Well, yeah, yeah it's interesting because like, I think Celeste makes a very good point and it attacks sort of like a different side of like human emotion, where like Celeste is sort of looking at it from the perspective, like the game is challenging, it's hard, life is hard, but like. And sometimes you get depressed, but you you can work through your emotions and, like, succeed. And this game is... And I think that's a very valid point. I think Celeste is really cool for doing that. Uh, but Kinetic is really about, like... It's not about realizing that if you push through, you can overcome it. It's about realizing, like, that you've been sick deep down the whole time and you were kind of just not realizing it. <laughs> the game is <laughs> The game is very much, like... It's like a... It's like a power fantasy, but it's the type of power fantasy where, like, yeah, you could go even crazier if, like, you just, you know, put a little effort in. And and so I, I like, it's not, because there's a lot of games, like, it's a power fantasy in the sense of, like, or like a speed fantasy, right? Like, you can go really fast in Sonic. A lot of times the game is just playing for you, and the game is just moving you around really fast. And it's like, look how fast and cool you are, you know? <laughs> and I really wanted to, like, make something where somebody plays it and they're like oh, i'm not that good and they play through and they're like okay well i could be way faster than i just went like it's more about like the feeling that you could be so much faster if you just put in a little effort and i'm kind of trying to like give people like through the game i mean i think through indie game and, or game design in general you're kind of giving people like a like a body to live in like a world to live in and you're like these are your parameters of like your body and like you're interacting with the world in these ways and so i want to like sort of reinforce these, like, like 
the ways that the the way that someone's brain is interacting with the environment is from like a position of strength, but also from a position of like I can just keep improving. Like there's like an infinite amount of improvement that I could easily do, and they're never sitting there like oh I'm just bad, like I lost. It's like no, you're thinking like I can be better. I know I can be better. I have it in me. You know, it's like the game is supposed to trick people into kind of feeling that way. <laughs> oh man, I love that dude. I I love that message so much. Absolutely. Um, yeah, we're excited for the game. Um, definitely reaching out to our audience when uh, when this one goes out in early access. Good luck in the next couple months. Sounds like it's going to be thank a busy you, time. Thank you. I'm going to need it. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. Yeah. We really appreciate you coming on and talking. Fiction, awesome. where can we follow you for uh, updates on the game? Where pe- should people go to support you? Yeah, wishlist, so, all that stuff. Yeah, wishlist, uh, Kinetic Break All Limits on Steam. That's definitely the first thing you should do. Uh, you can follow me on Twitter for updates at Fiction IRL. Uh, we have a Discord server. Uh, I probably need to make it easier to find that, uh, <laughs> but like I'll, I'll probably have it up on my Twitter at some point soon. I usually post it along with like whenever I post sort of like an ad for the game type thing. I put like, oh, you can join our Discord and stuff. So if you follow my Twitter, you'll definitely see it. And if you download the game in the bottom right corner, like when you start the game, there's like a big Discord icon to click to join the Discord. So that makes it easy too. Love it. Right on. All right. Well, hey, Fiction, thank you so much for coming on. And uh, thank you for having to see me. The game. I appreciate it. Awesome. I Thanks, everyone. You. Have a good one. Scooby Bop. Thanks for playing as a production of Good Ideas Only. Your hosts are Lucas Luna and Matt Rockaby. Our music was done by the impeccable Samuel Luna. And our logo design was done by the talented Isaac Palestino. Special thanks to the Real Call Bunch and Red Circle 